What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. It's February 9th, 2020. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown, and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members and the interest of the membership. Working for a Living is a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. Let me bring on Jeff real quick here. See how you're doing. And there it is. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm okay, Leroy. Just, Can you hear just me? woke up. Yeah, good. Oh, we just woke up. Long day, huh? Yeah, it's been yeah. one of those for me as well. So I got my days and nights all backwards, so yeah. stay up all yeah, night and sleep all day. Is it snowing there where you're at? Um, It looks like it is, yeah. It's snowing here. Not, not hard. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had to go to Metro today, this afternoon, and it started snowing on the way back. Yeah, very, very slippery uh, on the way back. We made some pretty good time. I had some people with me on the way back. And uh, uh renowned national champion basketball player. That's a good friend of mine. Uh-huh. That uh, asked me to come and get him. You, you know who he is. You don't want to say his name, though. Yep. But, uh, um, he, uh, he asked me to go down and pick him up and uh, his lady friend. So did that and got him home safe. And, you know, I'm a pretty good driver. I've been driving in the snow around here for a long, long time. So um, so we got some snow. We had a lot of stuff going on this weekend. It's been busy, uh, the week, rather. Uh, we've had, of course, the, uh, uh, we had a radio show, regular uh, last uh Monday because of the Super Bowl, and then uh, we had a special show after the uh, talk in uh, uh, Washington and in, in, in Michigan had uh, finished up their uh, um, uh, debates or their uh, State of the Union and their response, and we had a response from the perspective of labor, and um, they didn't do so good. Uh, you know, after we looked at some of the items we were looking for, neither side did very well. Just, you know, one side didn't have anything, and the uh, the other side uh, had a couple. And it just really uh, represented who and what these folks in Washington and around the states uh, are saying uh, and what regard they have for us, and it's just really horrible. We need to have more and more input uh, from labor to these people, and it's just not happening. We need to have some elected people. You know, we haven't had a um, president that's been a, a true labor advocate or f- 
from labor for 120 years since Teddy Roosevelt when he did the uh, took on the uh, antitrust laws and uh, passed them. So uh, we we really haven't had anybody that's a true friend of labor. We can point to every one of them and look at uh, steps downward uh, from both sides on for the last you know 40 years or so. So I'm real disappointed in in uh, uh, the response in the, the State of the Union itself. So I don't want to dwell on that too much, but then. And uh, and we had some snow there again this week on Wednesday, and I had to uh, do some driving. Uh, Had to go up north and see some friends over an issue. Uh, You know, if you're a guardian, let me tell you something. If you're ever a guardian of a person, you have that person's absolute life in your hand. Their financial wherewithal, what they may have. You may not exploit their finances and their welfare in your hand. Don't take them out of a home where they're doing well and bring them back into an alcohol and, uh, uh, environment. It's just not good. It's just not good. So um, and we, we had that actually going on in both instances the uh, uh, financial exploitation and welfare of a, of a person, uh, same person, uh, that was uh, problematic. If you ever do that, you need to be diligent to the person whom you are a guardian of. You can't just be business as usual. If you're a spouse and think you can have it to business as usual, you're wrong. You change from spouse to guardian, and you can't do it that way anymore. It's different. you got to pay attention. That's just, just some advice for everybody, okay? Just some advice for everybody. All the switchboards getting full. Tell you, thank you, everybody, for popping in the switchboards, and I very much appreciate it. It's just packing right up here, uh, so much appreciated. Um, uh, Jeff, you're going to give us a nice report later on uh, – uh, uh, Black History Month report. Uh, you do a nice job on that, so I, I look forward to hearing from you. Do you have anything else, just on a personal note, this uh, this week? No. I know your son graduated from up. law school two weeks ago. And that just yeah. amazing, you know, just amazing young man. I was there. I want to thank you for being there with us on that day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was happy to be there. Happy to be there. Yeah, he's, he's uh, studying for the bar. What's that? He says he can, uh, he's studying for the bar. says he can make it on the first try, so. Well, he's smart enough. I mean, he was like number two in, your class, in his class. He was number one most of the whole time and then somebody edged him out right at the end there and uh maybe a second person he might have been third but uh for sure he you know third and and uh maybe second in his class. I guess those numbers are still being you know bandied about. So but that's that's an honor. You get to be anywhere in the top five. It's it's quite an honor and he was number one for most of the time. That was 
That's impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Yep. Well, let's get to I'm these announcements so we don't go too long here. Yeah, I'm proud of him too. He, <laughs> you, you raised us a real, real nice young man there. Let me tell you. Uh, you and your your spouse. I know you don't get along all that well, but it takes two in the end, you know. So, and uh, it's it's you have a great son. You have two of them really, but this one's uh, you know showing you, you know, in spades that uh, this is a nice thing that he's done. So, um, well, let's do the announcements. I'll just I don't think we got any particular order here. A lot of stuff going on. You feel like making a comment? Go ahead, Jeff. It's uh, working for a living. I uh, trust that everyone had a, a very safe and happy week and happy Black History Month. And everybody, we're going to do something every show, and so far we have. But the one most remarkable was Tuesday night after the uh, – uh, you'd be remiss if I didn't say this. The, uh, uh, after the State of the Union, or during the State of the Union, and during our show, we, we also tri- uh, attributed the uh, Tuskegee uh, Airmen a hundred years old, uh, the last surviving Tuskegee Airman was uh, given his general star before the State of the Union, and uh, he was there with his great grandson who aspires to be in the Space Force. Uh, that's just an amazing story. Uh, you, you know, <laughs> you know the, the heartstrings of America were being played, and uh, that's one of them that was real nice, and we tributed him as well at the end of end of all of theirs in the beginning of our show we attributed him and I know Jeff's got a nice uh, something here for you I'm, I'm not privy to it so I'll let him surprise us all so go ahead Jeff with two okay. February 4th State of the Union and the Democratic Response builds horribly as it comes from the perspective of labor issues yeah it did big time um I didn't watch the State of the Union because I knew what was going to happen, what was being said. But uh, I do, did like the Tuskegee uh, Airman get his due finally. Um, so, so they were? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I've, on a side note, since Tuesday, I've gotten no less than 12 telephone calls wanting to start a labor party, a true labor party, not not a socialist or not a communist, not a Trotsky, not, not you know, a corporation, a true labor party. People are sick of this. And, you know, when we put, put all those items out there, one of the biggest ones was you know, automation taking over human jobs. And nobody's talking about it. And we're well into this now. Not a soul in the Democratic or the Republican Party mentioned peep about that. So, and I, I, I can go on and on and on. I don't want to get too political here tonight. But, uh, you know, it's in, it's in that season and this just came up. So, uh, anyhow, let, let me go on with number three. Uh, February 5th, the U.S. Senate voted to acquit Donald Trump of two counts of impeachment. Speaks for itself. We're not going to say any more about it. Okay. Number four. February 6th, Detroit News reports that during the UAW 
National Cap Conference in Washington, D.C., UAW handed out Rory Gamble Corrimative Pins Made in China. That, that's just a shame. That, come on and get pins, pins made in China. Uh, yeah. That's an insult to you know, the entire Jeff, membership. And, and we're, they weren't real fancy, you know, and we only had a week to put them together. But we handed out pens at the National, uh, the the, uh, uh, Constitutional Convention, that were made in America and printed in the United States of America, Union printed in the United States of America. So if we can do it in a week's time, okay, and that's all we had, then you know they they can do it. They got they have way more contacts than we do. I'm just appalled at that. I just cannot. And I, uh, they did the same thing with some, some black lay cats. I have one of them, by the way, just in case you want to, you know, call me out on it. I have one. Went and bought it. It was for sale in the uh, outlet mall down by Howell. And uh, a friend of mine from AFL-CIO said, hey, this is for sale down here. I went down and had a whole, whole cubby hole full. I bought one just to make sure I can say, you know, I, I see how bad our union's doing right here, Front Street, and you know it just makes you sad, Jeff, when when this kind of stuff goes on. I mean, what what happened to unionism? I don't know. You, you know the leadership. I mean, after being under this much scrutiny, and they make such a mistake. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. So, um, yep. February sixth, former U.S. UAW president and retiree Bob King. Endorsed his own candidate for U.S. president. Isn't this the same guy that caused Michigan to have right to work by demanding a, a, a constitutional change referendum? And we lost that, and then they gave us right to work to slap us. And Snyder didn't have much of a choice when he had DeVos and Van Andel and, and the Koch brothers handing over his, leaning over his shoulders. You know, I wasn't a fan of Snyder here in Michigan, but he had said that he wouldn't, you know, rock the boat too bad. And there we have right to work in Michigan. I I, I had to apologize that a friend of mine, Jim Ramey, saw that. He was one of the people that got closed shop back in the early 50s and when that right to work, you know, legislated. Uh, I called him and, and apologized that he had to see that. But he he told me, you know, we know where it came from. We know where it came from. There was 57% of the people thought right to work was good. And they couldn't push seven points. Just can't. We can get it reversed, but take some education of the population. So, go ahead, Joe. Who did he name as president or pick as president? I didn't see that. Uh, he picked. Uh, I don't want to even say the names because we're trying to stay out of that right now. But he he picked somebody okay. from the left side, far left. Okay, and then you know it's not a bad, not a bad person. It's just you know is the pendulum going to swing from the extreme right to the extreme left? I mean, there's somebody. Well, we got an email on that. Uh, okay. You know that. Uh, another show actually said that earlier today. Uh, so I just yeah. take the notes, and that was an interesting message, comment. So, um, but go ahead with six. 
Number seven. All right. So, number six. Uh, February 6th, GM announces Mary Barra $22 million salary in the face of five plant closures. Well, that's just sad. I mean, it's, right. It's you know, so I want to go back. To yeah, yeah, there she is. I want to go back to Bob Kane a little bit. You know, Bob was president of this organization, UAW, our, our union. And if somebody went out on their own and endorsed somebody, I mean, a, a leader, former leader, former president, he had a connection fit, okay? It takes solidarity. You can't have this retired president going left and this retired president going middle this retired president going right, you got to go down the same path. You got to have solidarity. You, everybody's out there yelling and screaming solidarity. There's, you know, there's no solidarity in the former president this early in the race. This is still early. Okay? Coming out there and endorsing a candidate on their own. I'm going to admonish him real hard. I think that was a really horrible thing to do. To the current leadership, even even if we don't like them, they have to present a unified front for us to follow. Now, you know, it's start it's not long in the tooth yet because there's still some people thinking about jumping in. And as a matter of fact, Bloomberg said today, "I hope nobody gets in before Super Tuesday because I might not have a shot at it." If somebody in the at a moderate moderate from Labor gets in. I can't win. He essentially said that today. So the, lab, the the candidate that could win might not even be in the race yet. What the hell's going on with these people out there? Well, I want to get my notoriety. I got 15 minutes of fame. I, I didn't get enough when I was there. You know, we haven't done anything. We're trying to be neutral here as much as we can. We're adding some some dialogue here tonight about this and that, but we're not getting in the names. Everybody's got their own candidate. There's some pretty nice ones out there. There really are. But there's, you know, there's there's people out there. I mean, I'm getting off track here a little bit, but I'm going to tell you something. There are people saying they want to do this and they want to do this and they want to do this and they want to do that. And they've been elected for decades as as elected officials at the United States federal level. And they haven't done anything for certain issues. They have not introduced bills. I don't care if they passed or not. I want to see where you where you introduced it. Show me. The Missourians say, show me what you've done. Don't tell me what you're going to do. They've been there for decades. And all they can do is come election time, come out here and pander to everybody and get them all geeked up. And then they'll get elected and won't do nothing because they haven't done nothing as an elected official now. So keep that in mind as you go forward and listen. And listen for the labor issues. We posted some. There's a lot more. A lot more. Well, we posted some highlights, like, for example, automation taking over 
working uh, human beings. That's a big deal, and nobody's talking about it. Not anybody from the extreme left, and nobody from the extreme right, nobody in the middle. I'm sick of them. And you're going to hear some stuff tonight on, on our messages here that you're not, you know, you're, it's going to be eye-opening. Now, you, you might like it, but it's going to be eye-opening. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I come back from the airport on, on, on Thursday, and I stopped the little gas station. And I thought this guy who was the clerk behind the, 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 the counter was going to come across the desk at me. I mentioned one thing, 40% of the, the country making less than $20,000 a year. He picked up on that, and he threw out six or seven more things in the next 30 seconds. He got angry, red in the face, eyes bulging. And he's an old guy. He's older than I am. Old man clerking at a gas station, just beside himself with anger. And that's the people of the United States. They're beside themselves with anger. They see what's going on, and they're so mad. And they don't look. They look around the corner, and they don't see anybody that they can vote for. He said, we've been electing prom kings and prom queens for far too long. We need to start electing people to get the job done. Look at them all, prom kings and prom queens, almost 80 years old, over 70. I don't know how many are over 70. Good Lord. I'll tell you, I I thought he was going to come over to town, and I told him, I said, man, I'm on your side. I explained to him the difference between the uh, tax imbalance between sales tax and, and uh, a uh, point of uh, manufacture, they were withholding tax. I thought he was going to explode. Another guy come in and kind of mellowed down a little bit. But he was still pretty tuned up. And that's just average American in a Republican district that's sick of everybody, everybody. So that's the take from middle America right now. And that was a Republican district. And I don't know but what he was in a Republican, but he liked the Democratic issues. So I'll tell you, (laughs) and they're out there. There, there are people out there just ready to explode, and some groups are trying to take advantage of them to push their own personal agenda. That's sad, too. So, well, let me get in here and get back with the, with the uh, uh, announcements. Uh, February 6th, known union busters have been hired at the Department of Labor. Used to work for union busting companies, and now they're at the Department of Labor. Wow. Okay, Joe. February 6th, New York State Governor signed an unemployment bill into law, reducing the time it takes for strikers to receive unemployment 
from a suspension period of seven weeks to one of seven days. Uh, we'd like to thank that governor and uh, congratulations to all the workers in New York. Yes, that's a great thing. Yeah. February 7th, UK has given the auto industry 15 years to ditch fossil fuel vehicles. 2035, not allowed on in the UK. So, see what's coming. Okay, Jeff? Okay. Um, and February 7th, Interpol and police clash at Regina Co-op refinery picket line. Uh, I heard it was quite violent over there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, February 7, Vance Pearson of the UAW, former regional director of Region 5, who has renounced his membership as a UAW member, is no longer a member, pled guilty. Plea agreement can be found and accessed on this show's page. Okay. Um, February 7th, the U.S. House of Representatives voted on the product, protecting the right to organize PRO Act. We now need anti-scab legislation against permanently replacing striking workers. Yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, that's good. We need to, we need to get a, a anti-scab legislation now. That would be good. So, this was... Uh, this is really nice to protect the right to organize, but we need to get this, uh, you know, stop being able to replace us with permanent replacements and, and we lose our job. So that's, that's just not good. So, um, and we need to get some legislation. I've been working on that since 1989. Is that you, Jeff? There's something going on there? Yeah. No, just okay. testing right. my blood sugar really right. Okay. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I um, decided to test it. I forgot it. I hope you're good. I hope you're good, brother. I mean, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, don't no, expire I, during the show on me. All right. <laughs> no, I won't do that. Okay. No. I know. I know you're good. I guess it's just, I'm just having a little fun. We, uh, we just had our leaders attend Washington, D.C. to determine who. The UAW is going to support for president. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't seen anything, but I've been in bed all day. Um, I know back in 2006 they went there and came back empty-handed. That was a total waste of right. union dues. Um, I was hoping they would come right. up with some type of recommendation. Um, right. So we'll go on to messages, comments, and emails. Number one, right. don't believe that the political pendulum of the United States can move from the radical right to the radical left in one election, name without. Uh, I think we all agree with that. It's going to take many, many years, like you said earlier, Leroy. Right. That, and I, it was on top of conscious because this, this was stated on another radio show during the day, and I just, uh, you know, you know, brought it on as something that just seemed to be a nice observation by somebody that seemed to be pretty pretty clear-headed about it all, you know. So, uh, Number two, mess, uh, comment, email, 
Let's decertify the UAW. Oh. Name withheld, and we'll have more on that in the radio show. I'll cover that uh, in my report. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number three, I don't see one candidate who I would vote for seriously. We no longer have Dems of earlier times. For the last 10 years, they have been repeatedly told working people how much they hate us. Last time, many unions and workers supported Bernie, and look what that went. And uh, that's name withheld. Right. That, that's somebody who sends in a lot of uh, comments and found that one profound after the uh, – this is somebody that also thought we needed the Labor Party. Uh, this was kind of profound on that person's part. Um, number four, we need socialism, name withheld. I'll, I'll address that later in my report as well, okay? So got to remember those two, socialism and decertify. Uh, now it's time for the okay. definition. This week's definition mm-hmm. is incite. It is a verb. It means to stir, encourage, or urge on, stimulate, or promote action to incite the crowd to riot. Yeah. I think I've done that once yeah. or twice. <laughs> yeah, probably so. We have to be careful, you know, that we make sure we go to the right direction and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and this week's quote, we got several. This is kind of uh, kind of interesting. A couple of them are dovetailing, and uh, thought we'd uh, uh, do these. I guess they're mine, so I'll take them, uh, or you know, mine to do. Uh, the first quote: Sometimes the smallest step in the right direction ends up being the biggest step in your life. And that was said by Steve Marabuli. Okay. Second quote kind of talks about this a little bit. Be careful when you follow the masses. Sometimes the M is silent, author unknown. Now we've used that a couple of weeks, but those two sort of kind of dovetail. dovetail. You know, go to the right direction and be careful who you follow because there's, you know, the, the masses out there, they, they, they might have the M silent. And this one comes from an old friend, uh, also a Big Ten champion football player. Um, You can't win the Kentucky Derby with a plow horse. And that's by James Judy Mac McCullough. Jeff, you want to give us your your report tonight? Uh, Yeah. Um, I won't be too long with this, right? Um, okay, go ahead. Take your every, time whatever you need. We have time. We have a lot of time. Um, for the last few years, since we've been running this show, we have honored Black History Month, and rightfully so. Um, in 2012, my plant went to two ships. So that meant they brought in a lot of new hires, people from other plants come in, 
and uh, I'll listen to the Terra Ham in a minute. And a lot of young people. And at first they all, you know, got along. They were coming to work and before work and just hang around and talk to each other. And after a month or two, I started seeing them divide up in the groups. The older folks on the plant, like myself, and the younger um, African-American group was over in one one area, and the rest of them were in another area. So I started seeing that division in the races and in the changes. So what I did, um, I didn't like what I saw. I started hanging out with the younger African-Americans and started teaching the things that they didn't know. Um, they, didn't, they didn't know that there was a fifth Beatle, you know, the band, the Beatles, Paul, John, George, and Ringo. And they told me I was crazy. I said, no. Look up the name, Billy Preston. He was the keyboard player on many of the Beatles' songs. So when they looked him up, surprised that big. And they asked me, how did I know that? I said, look, because I'm old and I like to research things. And um, we talked about uh, the Central Park Five. We talked about um, a lot of different issues that was that had happened over the years. Um, we talked to him about some of the big name leaders over the decades and centuries. Um, it was pretty good. They they understand what I was trying to do to them, and I was all I was doing was trying to educate them because they didn't know this stuff, and they were already in their thirties and maybe early forties. Um, having said that, um, I took a great deal of pride in, in educating my fellow coworkers, as I'm doing today still. But. Uh, People need to understand that we may have different skin color, but we're all the same on the inside. You know, um, these young people didn't know about the Freedom Riders of the 1960s, you know, how they were treated from the bus trip down to Mobile. Um, They were surprised to know I knew a lot about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, um, just because I like to read, I like I like history. And you can't go forward without learning what your past was, or you'll keep repeating yourself over and over and over again. There are somewhere in our page. I trying to start a album, photo album, or. Working for a living Facebook page. I went looking for it the other day and I couldn't find it. But a lot of these folks, you know, they heard a satchel page, you know, why wasn't he 
first African-American baseball player. And he didn't understand why Jackie Robinson was. In talking about Jackie Robinson, I learned this week that he was his brother was in the Olympics in 1936 in Berlin. Came in second to Jesse Owens. And he received more praise from Adolf Hitler than he did when they came back to the United States from our government. Um, and that's a shame. It's a real shame. Uh, I didn't know about the gentleman who won, who got, was, who was attending the, the State of the Union address the Tuskegee uh, Airmen. Uh, so that was a big surprise to me. I didn't know about that one. But I didn't know about the Tuskegee Airmen, uh, which are here from northern Michigan back in the day. Um, but there's, there's a lot of, lot of history that people need to sit down and discuss because things are getting worse in this country far as race relations, and that bothers me. bothers me a lot. Um, I just, I want to see it improve. I want to see social justice for all of them, for everyone. Um, be treated equally. Um, when President Johnson signed the Civil Rights Bill back in 1964. He said privately to one of his associates or politicians that were in the room, he said, I just lost the presidency to the de- for the Democrats for the next 30 years. Um, and that's basically what it did. You know, we had Carter back in the 70s. In the 70s, where um, the Vietnam War was still going on. We all know that the Vietnam War was secretly called the Black Men's War. Um, we know that uh, the CIA, instead of doing the right thing, they came up with a plan to get drugs in the Los Angeles area, targeting African Americans. Not many people know about that one, but I did educate my my members on that too. So just think, you know, Rosa Parks lived here in Detroit end of her life, the last forty years I think. And her apartment was paid for, her rent was paid for by Mike Illich, who owns the Detroit Tigers, Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Little Caesar's Pizza in most of the entertainment section of Detroit. So, and then three years ago, before I retired, I had a, a co-worker come up to me. And it was um, after MLK's birthday, holiday. And this one guy came up and said, you know, this James Earl Ray Day. And I was 
very upset about that comment, and he should have known it better to say it in front of me. Um, so we need to educate everybody, the younger generation, because without that, I think we're doomed. Um, so that's my report right now, Leroy. Um, it's sad to see how things are going, you know, these men are getting shot with no, for no reason, you know, in the back, and these police officers are getting off being acquitted. That's not justice. That's not justice at all. And that's all we want. Equal justice. So, so. We'll give it back to you, Leroy. Hello? Leroy? Hello, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah, you there? I'm... I'm okay, I, yeah, I'm muted. I'm, I'm, I, I was on mute. Sorry. No problem. Um, that, that that's all we want is to be treated like human beings, right? Men and women. Yes. And, uh, yes. You know, in in our own right, whatever we identify as, and treat us treat us with respect, no matter who we are. Right? That you know, that's mm-hmm. what we want, all of us. Um, you know, there's a lot of pandering going on right now, and I'm going to say this: remember the venom. Of the past three years. Remember the venom that's been spewed. Okay? Don't be swayed. Okay? So that's, I mean, let's call call it out for what it is. Okay? And uh, it hasn't been good. I mean, you know, I, I have my own story about my first. You know, I was young. I mean, I was two or three years old. My my first awareness of uh, black men fishing with cane poles in front of my grandmother's house, the little white house on Lake Glacier. She'd come out and yell at me. She'd say, Leroy, how are you? And the gentleman would yell back at her, you know. He's okay, Mrs. McKnight. He's down here with us. You know, so, uh, and they took care of me. They made sure that I was taken care of uh, as I fished with them. And they tell me all the tricks and tips and what not to do and to keep quiet. And that was the biggest lesson I learned about fishing, <laughs> keep quiet. <laughs> so, see, I got a hand up in the, in the switchboard in just a second. I'll get to you. I want to uh, note Jeff brought up Billy Preston. Uh, and I don't want to belabor this too long, but we do have some time. We're still early in the show tonight. Uh, Billy Preston. Uh, I wrote a song uh, in the 60s called Dad to Me and I sang that in karaoke and then he later on sang or wrote and sang a duet with Billy Preston and Sarita by the name of uh, With You I'm Born Again one of the prettiest duet songs you'll ever hear done properly and uh, I've had some really good female 
singer sing that with me and just amazing, just such a record. And you make you go, Wow, you know. But he was he is a, an amazing talent. Uh and he was with the Beatles. In fact is early on, uh when one of them would uh need to take a day off, he would set in. Okay. Even after they became famous in the United States. So uh, and he was part of that with the keyboards and did a lot of the keyboard even even uh, when they uh, had need for a keyboardist. So it wasn't just the four that you know Billy Preston was there. So yeah, it's a good 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 call, Jeff. Uh, I really gotta kind of, you know give it to you on that one. So uh, we do have uh, the switchboard is just packed with folks. Thank you for coming. Uh, Calling it or, or uh, dialing in here, we don't advertise it, but uh, thank you for looking it up and, and coming on here. Let me uh, get uh, this. Uh, somebody's raise your hand here. I think I know who this is. Hello, brother Tom. How are you? Oh, I'm doing pretty good here in Liberty Township tonight with the snow coming down and the temperatures falling. It seems like winter's finally arrived to northeastern Ohio. <laughs> We've had it here, so you get all the other earlier. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, yep, Liberty, Jeff, there's huh? a little, in my neck of the woods. Yeah, there's, yeah. yeah, there's a story about Liberty that, Niles Jeff. and McDonald. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, no, uh, don't go. You're gonna you're, gonna you're gonna you're gonna out me. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like uh, this morning, sometime around uh, quarter to twelve, I think, in the morning. Uh, a voice came out of my radio next to my bed stand, and this guy named Leroy from Liberty Township was on there talking uh, with a good friend of ours, uh, uh, Mo Ray from WKBN, on the on the radio show. And yeah, and uh, I said he never called me and told me he was in town. I got a little upset, uh, Jeff. What do you think about that? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, <laughs> we were flying low. We were flying low. I had to go down there for a minute, and I had to come back through Detroit Metro about three thirty. So, <laughs> quarter to four. I guess it was four o'clock when I got to Detroit Metro. So actually, you know. So yeah, and then I had to drive through the snow uh, most of the way back. So yeah, it's okay. You know, I get I get to the hood now and then. You know, McDonald's and. Um, Miles and Liberty, and of course East Palestine, you know, and uh, Salem, Sebring. Most of the, most of those places I've had to put my head down one time or another. My uncle used to own Pappy's Bar, South East Palestine, yeah. and and my my dad and, and his cousin started the uh, uh, the uh, fruit stand. Uh, vegetable stand there on New Road in 46, 1960. I, I guess I was part of that. I helped him. You know, in fact, I, I, yeah, I did a lot to make that thing work. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it was, you know, interesting being in the hood for five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see you, uh, you and Jeff are going to have a little excitement up there come Thursday this week uh, with what that. What's going on? Uh, uh, have you guys talked about that? I got in here late. I had I had some errands to do, but uh, 
I hear you're going to have some excitement. Uh, we're going to find out uh, uh, who the real ball players are in the game, uh, so to speak, come Thursday. Right, right. Well, as you know, and, and you uh, t- uh, asked me pointedly uh, on Monday night's show, Tom, uh, and uh, Jeff was uh, on assignment that night. Uh, so, uh, But you asked me pointedly, you know, are you running or are you going to have a candidate in this uh, special elect- special convention? And I said we'd I'd be waiting to see. And we probably make a decision sometime Friday or by the weekend. Here it is Sunday, and I can tell you that we're not sending anybody uh, into the, the, the slaughterhouse either to get just slaughtered and branded as a loser uh, on Thursday, or to, to get elected and get carved up. Once uh, I or they, we have some candidates uh, that would jump up. I or they. Uh, uh, get elected, and uh, you know you'd be one of uh, the regional director level uh, of the entire IEB, and you wouldn't our our team member wouldn't expect to be couldn't expect to be treated very well. So, having said that, uh, uh, we're not going to field anybody, and uh, we didn't call for a special election, but there's one right before you. Uh, the coup, C-O-U-P, the coup that's going on uh, by some folk, uh, they got their wish. They got granted their wish. They got their special election right here, you know, up close and personal, right in Region 1D. You start, you know, right there if you want to. You can change anything you want. You just got to know how to do it, okay? You actually have to read Robert's Rules of Order in order to understand how to do it, Okay. And, of course, you'd have to have the support of the delegates on the floor to do it because you're going to have the same delegates in this convention as any other convention you might be able to cajole in the future. But you have one right here before you now. It's for an election. It's called for an election of an officer, regional director of 1D, but it's an open convention. You can, if you have the votes on the floor, you can do everything you want to do. Everything. And oh, by the way, they're saying we're going to elect new delegates. Well, no, the Constitution says the delegates will be elected as the same way they were. In other words, they stay the same. You're just going to test them against the per capita rules and adjust them accordingly. So if there's somebody that has less or more delegates, you you know elect or remove some. So it would be a realignment of delegates. That's the only thing. The same ones would be there except that realignment. Okay. So you want to have amendments to amendments? We talked about that last Monday, amendments to amendments. We went through the whole idea of a uh, motion Okay, I, this is one that somebody asked, actually, it was a comment. Uh, uh, motion to amend the, the, uh, consti- the Constitution with regard to the region, for example. Motion to amend. Well, that's not an amendment, that's, an, that's a motion. 
Then you need the motion to second the motion, okay? And then if you want to have an amendment to the amendment to amend the Constitution, the original motion, then you can make an amendment, and then you would have amendments to amendments. But if you didn't ask to have amendments to motions, you can't have amendments to amendments to motions. <laughs> Lee right. Right. Stop it. You're getting people confused out here. There's the four steps to it. A motion, a second, amendment, and then you can have an amendment, and then you have another amendment. That's it. Okay, amendment to the amendment. Okay, but if you can't have an amendment, if you don't have an amendment to the motion, didn't provide for that in your your rules, then you can't have a, a motion to amend the um, amendment because you didn't have an amendment. It's kind of funny. But, yeah, it, it, it's a little complicated, but it's not that complicated. There's four steps to a motion. That's it, four. You can only have two amendments. Okay, but you've got to have an amendment before you can make an amendment to an amendment. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you consider it. Yeah, right. Something like that, and well, that's the other process. If you if you after the Second Amendment, you you don't have what you're looking for, then everybody's got to withdraw them all and start over. Okay, and that that's the process. And it, you know, it, unless you're a Robert's Rules of Order un, uh, aficionado and understand it, and have done it a lot, like myself. I mean, I did it in the Democratic Party and the UAW. I mean, a very high level. You know, one time they they came in. I mean, we had 200 people in our in our congressional district, and there were a thousand people watching the show because Jim Ramey and I had to face off because powers that be wanted him removed. Okay, so <laughs> here I am taking out one of my mentors. You know, thousand people, 600 more than is actually in our in our congressional district, standing around watching the show because there's two two experts. Working at it, and I mean the regional director at the time. Later on, that he was the treasurer for the International Union. Uh, the the uh, well, uh, that, that was uh, uh, Reuben Burke and Cal Rapson standing together, regional director and assistant regional director at the time. Okay, later Cal was the GM department vice president. And they're sitting there with big old smiles on their face, looking at me. <laughs> He's doing a great job up there, and and you know they're looking around the room and they're going, God, he's got all these people here just just and he's just picking away at it. And it was a big long process. Took about forty five minutes of, of back and forth and splitting the vote and and you know calling you know somebody called the question and. Then we asked for division of the house on an issue, and God, it was just an amazing process, but we got through it. And, of course, my good friend Jim, because the powers of be, ran the room, and he'd been on the other side of that. He told me, I've been on the other side of it, Leroy, so don't take it personal. And, you know, over time, uh, we actually got back into very good stead. So I love the man with with all my heart. He's deceased now, and... Uh, I speak highly every time I speak of him. So, um, but uh, yeah, there, there's some flaws in in just in the request. But there is 
there, <laughs> there is a special convention, and we're looking to see how many of the things that they want, they can, they can pass them at the regional level. You know, you don't have to wait for God and country to show up at the national uh, constitutional convention. You can do it at a regional one. And I want to see who does what. And good luck with that, by the way, because I don't see anybody out there getting the votes required to win anything, even one man, one vote, you know, amendments to amendments. <laughs> and and uh, elect your delegates. I, you know, I just don't see it. So uh, good luck with uh, the uh, uh, efforts at the convention. I hope that you can do what you want to do. You have what you've asked for. You've been, you've been blessed with that. And uh, you have a special convention right before you, and that's probably how the other uh, national convention is going to go, the same way this one goes. And take note of that, because there's people out there pushing a hidden agenda because they they have not certified uh, uh, specified these amendments to amendments. And I understand that they want to change the whole Constitution. Be careful who you follow. Because the M might be silent. So, having said that, uh, that, that you know, they're we got a convention. Let's see how everything does. I mean, they got a list of things they want to do, a whole laundry list, and most of them can be done right there at the regional level. Let's just see what's going on, going to happen. I, I, you know, it's my region, and and I know the players, most of them, and they all know me for sure. I was the cap coordinator for this region, and a lot of them were just young pups in the union movement when I was the cap coordinator. So they they understand they understand what it's you know, what it's all about, you know, and they know me and I can tell you now that there's enough uh boot polish going around that's been shined up real good with tongues. Uh, that there's not much going to happen different than what it is right now. But you can stop everything and adjust it all if you know how. And I'm not going to tell you how to stop it and adjust it, okay? And do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do right there on the floor, Region 1D, special convention, even though it's been called, to elect somebody, you can do anything you want if you have the support. And I'm not going to tell you how. But if I was doing it, if I was calling for a special convention and our group decided to do it, because it isn't just me here, if our group supported, if our group supported uh, my my decision, then then we might move to, to to do something. But we decided, and we talked about it. There's no need to try and go swimming uphill up upstream on this one. 
Okay, just not it's not good for the the person that might be put forward. Not not there's no percentage in trying to get delegates who vote who ruled against you last time to rule for you this time. Okay. Anyhow, we'll see how that goes. It's Thursday, February 13th. Tune in. We'll try and be down there and give you a report from the floor. Uh, that ought to be fun. While we're in a break here, are the, is yeah. this group of people uh, led by a bunch of guys uh, that have bald heads? Because I'm sure you've got a lot of people out there scratching your head on this one. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing yeah, right. Well, I don't know if they have bald heads or not, but there is a special convention. They've been asking for a special convention. There's one going to happen on Thursday, February 13th, and get in front of God and everybody, and we'll see what they do with once they get their their special convention. They've been blessed with the gift of a special convention. Let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's, <coughs> there's, there's ways of doing it all. But you can't be yeah. somebody who is at convention and makes a motion while there's a motion on the floor. And you, that same person leaves that and somebody tells him about, oh, well, you did a great job up there. You give them hell. They, they ruled you out of order. They shouldn't have done that. No, they were exactly <laughs> parliamentary correct. Somebody read the Robert's Rules of Order. You can't make a motion while a motion's on the floor. Then somebody tells them, well, you could have made an amendment, so we want to have amendments to amendments, and that was written in this, in this uh, resolution, amendments to amendments. So somebody <laughs> told him that, yeah, you could have made an amendment, so now it's amendments to amendments. <laughs> God help us. Oh, you, 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 you go from one extreme to the other. It's laughable. It's just literally laughable. And they want to run the union and forward their own agenda. That's not good for union or country at all. At all. So, yeah. downright scary. Yeah, down put on that. Yeah, downright scary. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Jeff, you got anything on that? No, I'm just amazed at the stupidity of some people. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I, you know, I, I'm not going to tell some of the things I've done anymore. But there's there's ways of doing this. They everything that they want in their resolution, they can do at the regional level. Thursday. February 13th. Let's see how that goes for There's There are ways to do it. There's uh, motions that you can make. Okay. Even amendments. <laughs> and moving on. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, let me get to the next one. Mandatory overtime. Um, and, and this is a serious matter. And, you know, we, we had a, a lot of problems uh, down in Spring Hill today uh, with this issue, Spring Hill, Tennessee. 
where a lot of people called off on a Sunday and they're just tired. And you can't blame them. In the mid to late 70s, we were forced to work a lot of overtime. I worked personally 183 days in a row, nothing less than 10-hour days, and a lot of 16-hour days. So I have affinity for each and every person working mandatory overtime. I got a three-day weekend. They, they give me a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. Two weeks later, my family was destroyed with a file of divorce because I was an absent father. So I know the pain that can come from working such mandatory overtime. First hand, up close and personal. We pushed to get Plan A and Plan B in 1979. And they had to implement it with some uh, pain. And they lamented doing it, the corporation. But they had to. And if you couldn't work us like dogs anymore, you had to hire a few extra people to get the work done. I forwarded at that time an alternative work schedule, much like the same that you see today, where we split everything in the A, B, and C crew, and it would cover the weekend. And that was shot down, snapped fast. It was progressive, and I'm a progressive. But that was shot down, snapped fast, by stalwart unionists that said, we are going to work 40 hours and get overtime after 40 hours. We are not going to muddle the shifts up so that there's no opportunity for overtime. They're going to have to hire some more people in order to satisfy what they need to have done. Essentially, so that they could give some time off over the weekends so that there'd be people there to staff our members. Okay. So so then we move forward and then they got document eighty three after I retired. And they've always had this emergency crap in their hip pocket. But emergency is a period of time, not not a lifestyle. And then you have union officers saying, just work the overtime and shut up. Go work at McDonald's. This is set, actually. This was set. If you don't like it here, go work at McDonald's. They're paying nine bucks an hour. A union officer told a brother that when he's complaining about overtime. And he couldn't be with his son who wound up in prison and he needed to be with his young adult son to guide him 
in a different way, take that step in the right direction, right? Could have been the, the best step of his life, right? We talked about that in the corpse tonight. So you, you cannot expect people to work seven days a week for extended periods of time and long hours in addition to that. There are studies out there that say after nine hours, your productivity as a human being and your safety as a human being drops right off. I dated a woman who did that study at one time, did a study on that. There are several out there. Just Google it and you can find it. So the idea that they won't balance across the shifts, they won't balance with other departments that are not working overtime on jobs that are similar that they could bring in to do or train very, very reasonably quickly is a management failure. And it's a union failure for not holding management to do that. Paragraph 71 of the national contract in the General Motors Agreement provides for uh, equalization of hours, but it says that it's done at the local level. And that's on the chairperson and the bargaining committee in order to establish equalization of our guidelines that take into account everybody. Because there's a lot of people that don't want to be forced that time. They like the overtime. They don't want to be forced it when they need a day off or a weekend off, rather, to be with somebody that's near and dear to them and help them to take the step in the right direction that would have been the biggest step in the case I'm talking about of that young man's life. But he took a step in the wrong direction and dad wasn't there to help him. And it's a sad, sad story. Mary Barra, I hope you're listening. And this just doesn't stop at the local level of our union. Because the international helps to administer such things and give guidance on how best to do them. Best practices across different local unions that are doing it in ways that everybody benefits and nobody's being disadvantaged or forced when somebody's sitting home that wanted to work. So chairman, bargaining committees, get your act together and make sure that everybody's getting an opportunity and that you don't have to force everybody. If management needs that overtime, in other words, across several months instead of several weeks, then they need to hire people. And you get on their ass to do exactly and specifically that make the temporaries permanent, and get these folks additional staff so that they can have a life. Working seven days a week is not healthy over time. And it's nice for the extra money now. Always is. And there's people that live on it. I, I saw a woman, we, we've been working six months, 
And she was in every day, eight hours a day. They asked her to take Sunday off. And she left the plant crying because she couldn't work Sunday. Crying. She wanted to work. It was probably healthy for her to have the day off. I don't know what the circumstances were. But she'd been there too much and people recognized it. So, you have the tools. Plan A, Plan B, paragraph 83. And you have the emergency tool to say this is not an emergency after X amount of time. And you can be liberal in it. but you can't be unending in it. Do your job. That's all the membership's asking you to do. Do your job. Don't sit in a work center. Draw on a paycheck and not do your job. Tom, do you have anything to add to that? No, I think you uh, covered it pretty good there. Okay. Jeff, you, you got something on that? No, I agree with you. Um, that much overtime, you know, it's just harder to do as the older you get. Um, I can never that do too. it. Right. Right. That, that too, as well. Okay. So, but, all right. Uh on to the next subject, we got uh, uh, we got a couple things we want to talk about. Um, uh, this uh, whole notion of decertifying the union, decertify the UAW. First of all, people that are saying that are not your friend. There's a lot wrong with our union, but our union has a lot right with it, too. You need somebody to direct the bargaining committees, the chairpersons, the presidents, the vice presidents of the international, the regional directors, and we haven't had that in a long time. That's part of our problem somebody that really stands up that's not sitting out smoking cigars in Palm Springs and drinking fine whiskey but rather has his ass planted in his desk solidarity house without a fire going on and not administering other corporations to siphon money off but rather doing the job, assessing appeals, seeing who's right, the merit of it, assigning that to a staff person to see that follow through on it with some direction, visiting the plants on every Friday somewhere and making it known that that president cares about each and every worker who twists a bolt, turns a wrench, 
picks up the cylinder head. And a president who just might go, DeLorean Motor Corporation in Texas and ask the plant manager and the owner if he could do some work and if he can do it as good as the people that are doing it for him, would he consider talking about being unionized and tell him the advantages of being unionized and look him right in the eye across from his desk after the hard day's work or hard couple of weeks' work and say, I've done as good as everybody you have here on the floor. Now all I ask is an opportunity to represent these people. You're doing a good job, but there's some advantages for you. One, it frees up everybody in the UAW to buy a DeLorean. And both your profit and your sales will go up. Because DeLorean is expected to come out soon, by the way. We don't have any innovative organizing being done in our union because they're too worried about having their ass indicted going to prison. And that's sad. But to decertify our union is being pushed by a group of people that have an agenda to destroy the union. I have an email from one of the leaders and founders of an organization in my possession where they said, let's destroy the current UAW and start a new one. And the answer to the email was we don't have the numbers yet. But those very people are building numbers right now as they take advantage of the plight of our union and the anger of the members. Be careful who you follow. There are groups out there that just want to destroy the UAW. dictatorial groups that's the why you don't want to do it the nuts and bolts are the reason the second you decertify the corporation will do anything you want to do they want to do to us cut our wages and pittance and everybody will follow suit just like they did when we cut the incoming workers in half in 2007. Oh, you're going to not make 30 after three years. Not going to make $30 an hour. You're going to make 15, and you'll be lucky to get to 20 after three years, four years. $20 an hour. So. They could do that in mass. And if you decertify the union, here's a little known fact. Because I had somebody else from a different union. They're, they're fed up with their union, too. I had somebody else ask me. And I had to sit down and talk with them. Like I'm talking to the listeners here tonight. 
and say, listen, listen. If you decertify, you can't recertify for a solid one year. A solid one year. And in that time, that corporation will destroy you. Okay? So, uh, that's something about decertifying unions. Be careful following people that say that. That's out there, and it's coming from the radical groups that are, I I won't identify any one of them, but they're out there, and there's some stuff going on, and just be careful of them. There's some people out there that truly have a good heart. Their heart's in the right right place. They just don't have the experience. But they don't want to destroy a union. They might be unwitting participants in destroying the union. They don't even know how they're being used. But there's some good people out there too. Just be careful. And I'm telling you, this resolution, Article 8, Section 4, is flawed. And I've gone over that a number of times. Okay. Uh, So we've talked about mandatory overtime, decertifying. We've talked about the special convention. You've got to be an expert in Robert's Rules of Order in order to kind of get that through. And you have to have support on the floor. But there's motions that can be made and amendments that can be made to do all of that. And we said that we'd talk about socialism. Okay, at least I did. And socialism and capitalism are the balance in our nation. Okay? And and one side's beating the other up with each of it. You know, somebody posted something on our page, and our page isn't that political, so that got removed. And you're happy to put it on your own page, happy to put it on my page, just not on our Working for a Living page because we're not that political. It has to be tied to labor if there's a political statement out there. So apologies to you, but understand those are the rules, okay? You know who you are. And don't be mad. It's just the rules. Uh, And like I said, you can post it anywhere, my page, whatever. I think it's valuable information. It's just not in keeping with our guidelines. It has to be labor-related, uh, okay? So but let's talk about socialism and capitalism just a little bit. Capitalism is making money, right? Socialism is the distribution of money across, you know, uh, the, uh, the masses, if you will, and it doesn't have to be just handed out. I see your hand, by the way. I'll get to you in just a second. Uh, 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 it doesn't have to be just handed out in, in some sort of uh, welfare program. It can be distributed in ways that are uh, uh, legislated so that you know, working men and women have more money. I mean, if you socialism could be just simply getting anti-scab legislation so that more money can be in the hands of the masses, right? So that they can't permanently replace us and when we go on strike. Anti-scab, that's the same thing. Been working on it. I've got 
flyers that I made up from 80, 89, 88, actually. So this is, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, something that we, you know, we, we need to have. That's like one of the elements of socialism, if you will. But if you take, now I'm going to tell you, if you take college students and put them in a room, and some of them are socialists and some of them are capitalists, and you tell them to come out with a working government model that will work for everybody, and they will, in the end, it might take weeks, but they will, in the end, come out of the room with the same answer whether they're put in the room in Lansing, Michigan, or they're put in the room in Timbuktu, to put in a room in Liberty Township, Youngstown, Ohio, Arizona, Missouri, they'll come up with the same answer. And the answer is a blended capitalist and socialist structure. And that's basically what the United States has. Except that we've we've turned our back on the idea of labor having money in their hands. When we have 40% of the nation making $20,000 or less, we need to raise wages, not taxes. You know, in, in the rebuttal speech by the Democrats, the governor of Michigan said that she had a $1.7 billion shortfall, and her answer is to raise gas tax by 45 cents. And that's the same thing that came out of the Department of Treasury when I told him I had an answer, and I told him I, I got two billion dollars here for you, I have it. All you got to do is test the waters in this instance, and you'll get two billion dollars. And I showed him a pathway to do it. And yet she's still crying about it. Three months later, in the State of the Union response, and she hasn't tested it. So I'm disappointed in the governor and the transportation director. And a whole lot of people in the room when I put him on Front Street with my suggestion, and I talked about it on the radio show some time ago. And I've talked to our response, the Democratic response, if you will, with a whole lot of other high-level labor leaders since Tuesday. Every one of them said we missed our shot. We missed our opportunity to really make a statement about what we need in our nation. We know that her, her daughter goes to East Lansing High School. We know her daughter's going to re- graduate the end of this school year. We know she has a seven, $1.7 uh, def- deficiency in the budget. Now we know that she's got a $2 billion gift horse. All she's got to do is a little bit of work for her and the Attorney General. And that will get straightened out. But we didn't talk about right to work. We didn't talk about automation. We didn't talk about 40%. Oh, by the way, in Michigan, it's 50% of the state of Michigan making less than $40 or $20, uh, $20,000 a year. So uh, let me uh, – uh, uh, I think I've addressed socialism versus capitalism, and it's a blend. Okay, and we've got a lot of people out there that are not helping to blend at all. And that means they incorporate labor issues, and that will get socialism 
up where the people start making more money. And you can say, well, it's socialism to try and get people to make more money. Well, is it? Because capitalism's out of control. And they need a balance. The students in every study say we need the balance. Okay? So, uh, Jeff, you want to take, you got, you got something you got to talk about? You got to talk about that a little bit? I'm going to make sure I know who we're bringing on here and then we'll, uh, We'll bring our new guest in. So, you got something to you got okay. something in your or Tom? You, you can, can you talk to Tom about what I just said or something like that? I'm gonna get over here and do what I'm supposed to do. Okay. I'm gonna screen oh. the screen yep. call. All right. Bye. So, what do you think, Tom? Well, Leroy, what what Leroy just said uh, exactly right on point. Uh, you. Uh, raise the wages, you also increase the amount of taxes or revenue coming into the state's coffers and uh, the cities and, uh, and and the country, as a matter of fact. Uh, you know, and uh, everybody benefits from raising wages. Uh, the consumers buy more product and right down the list. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, we will have our book worse as workers about 50 years ago, 60 years ago, when they brought out the good, uh, the New Deal, FDR, uh, things were good after the Depression. We made it that way. Um, I think we need to go back to that somehow. So our infrastructure is deteriorating. Our schools are in shambles. Um, Wages are not good enough for uh, people to, to live uh, the way the life they want to live. Um, I think that we do need to get back to that somehow. Yeah, and uh, okay. and, and you, you touched on yeah you touched the right button there with the infrastructure. There was an opportunity there, and uh, where you could find common ground with both parties there that uh, we all. We all understand there are things that haven't been touched in ages. Uh, just look at Flint, Michigan, with their water system and the pipes under the ground. And uh, here in Youngstown, Ohio, and Liberty Township, uh, we're having the same issues uh, with our uh, water supplies. The pipes are breaking, and, and they're they're finding that they're going to have to pay millions and millions of dollars replacing pipelines because they they were made out of. Uh, good materials at the time but they're they're rusting away so to speak i mean i mm-hmm. i've woken up and go go to the grocery store and the streets are flooded in the middle of winter and it's uh, 19 degrees and it looks like uh, i'm in the middle of uh what's that state park out there out west uh, where the the uh, uh the, the water spots up in the air yellowstone national park i think i'm in yellowstone yeah yeah yellowstone yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we have a guest coming on, guys. If uh, it's good, if that's a good break, we can uh, bring our guest. Uh, uh, this is a very uh, good sister. I'm not going to say her, her name, uh, just for reasons of not anonymity, anonymity. But uh, I believe you're going to like what she uh, has to add to the show here uh, about overtime. So, please welcome our uh, uh, sister from. Uh, uh, originally from Lordstown, 
but uh, has been moved to another facility. Uh, welcome to the show. Hi, brothers. How are you tonight? Uh, we're all good here. We've got Jeff and Tom and, and myself. You might want to say hi to them. I'm sure Tom knows who I know. Is. Hi, Tom. <laughs> how, how you doing? I thought we were gonna. Uh, I thought we were gonna go the mass singer or something when we had to guess who this person was. <laughs> yeah, I could do that for you if you want me to sing a couple bars. Oh, you know? oh God, forbid, God forbid! Don't let her do that, Leroy. <laughs> no singing, no singing. Okay, no singing. Don't forget Jeff. Yeah, Jeff. I want to say uh, congratulations to your son, Jeff. Um, that that's a hopefully he'll have uh, labor in mind as he goes into uh, becoming a full fledged lawyer. Yeah, I I, I took on the union meetings when he was three and four years old. Um, he also has a, a degree in uh, political science, so he may be that's wonderful somewhere down the future. So well, at least we know we have a friend in labor then. Yep. Yes, we do. Yeah. yeah. So you have an issue you okay. want to talk about about overtime, our, our young friend here. Yeah, I thought yeah, you're that, not that young, since I'm though, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured since I'm one of the members that is working in a facility that is mandatory six days, rotating every third Sunday, I thought that I could weigh in a little bit about. Um, how we're feeling and especially, you know, being a transfer and being so far away from my family. Um, I'm here by myself um, without, you know, any kind of family support. So I'm all I'm seeing are the people in my plant. Um, some are, are very welcoming to transfer. Some have had, you know, had us work a little harder to gain their trust. Um, which I don't mind. Um, but when you're working all this time and, and you're away from your family, you know, like I am 10 and a half hours away, it, it kind of puts a, a little extra stress on you. Um, what I am, what I'm hearing now in our facility is that uh, they're going to take our vacation time again. We're actually going to have a shutdown um, at our facility and um, I ha I heard that they haven't had this in the past. This facility's been running six days a week for the last four or five years. Um, with that being said, with our younger, uh, this is a very young seniority membership here that don't have a lot of, you know, of the 200 hours of vacation time that our senior employees have been getting, you know, that have had 20 years or more in. Um, if they only get 120 hours and they're going to take 72 of that, you know, now you only get to schedule one day off of vacation and you have your five VR days. Um, that doesn't leave out of 365 days. <laughs> it really doesn't leave much for you to have a decompression time. And I'm wondering not only the physical effects on that, but the mental effects on people. Like the money's great, but you can only go so far. Right. Is, do you do you think, uh, sister? Do you think there's a there's a, a fix to it from your perspective? 
Yeah, absolutely. I feel that if a facility is running six days a week, and especially since I just said, like, they've been running the last four or five years like this, that we should have an opportunity to gain at least for every so many Saturdays that we work, if we work every single Saturday, that in in two or three months that we should be able to ha- gain an extra VR day or an extra vacation day. Or, heck, right. so you can penalty, give it to me uh, so to pay off. Like, to I won't even overtime. take pay. Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't even what? take the day paid. Like, just give it to me off. I don't care. <laughs> you know? Like, that's that's what I'm hearing from the people on the floor, is if we're going to be working all these days and now they're adding every third Sunday. Right. Well, one of the other things that came in the 79 contract were PPH days, paid personal holidays. And in the 79 agreement, we were, uh, I think that we got 11 of them, wasn't it, Tom, 11 PPH days? And then they took them away yeah. in 82. Cause, yeah, and, and they, they weren't for summer. And you would get the the eleven across the like every uh, I don't know I I guess maybe they did go through summer because it was like every six weeks you get one of these, and it was required that you took it off, mandatory, paid day off mandatory after we went through in the late seventies. Those were paid personal holidays, and you couldn't there there was no working and getting the double time for because this was a holiday required to take it off. You couldn't work it. And, and again, we had people complaining, well, I wanted to work and get that money. Well, you got your eight hours. You got a day off so you can go chill too a little bit. You know, and everybody knew when you were getting them. They, there was, you know, nobody was on the same hit day. And they were rotated. You get one like every six weeks or so. And it was, it was really mm-hmm. kind of nice. And and we, we got to be uh, – People don't realize that we were working towards having a four-day week, okay, between all the holidays that we had, the paid personal holidays that we're going to expand except for the 82 agreement that was uh, chaired by the national uh, negotiating team chair, Cal Rapson. He also negotiated the 2007 agreement uh, where we – cut the wages in half for incoming workers. Uh, so just to just keep the record straight so everybody knows. Uh, but he took that away from us after we got it. It was a hard-fought battle. And, you know, we got quite a bit there. We got Plan A and Plan B, and we got PPH days. And they were kind of cool, like just like what you're saying, sister. I don't want to – I've got to be careful not to say your name. <laughs> just like what you're saying. A day off every now and then, mandatory. And that was actually part of the contract in 1979 and removed the concessionary agreement that was supposed to make our jobs more secure, more secure in the 1982 agreement. So uh, we we lost a lot. I mean, today, you know, think about what 11 days is. Uh, That's, you know, two two weeks and a day of... You know, thirty, hey, 30 what, one, almost 30, one, one day a month. Well, I would take one day a month. You know, yeah. I would take the one day a month yeah. off. Yeah, just we, to be able to do laundry. Very, I think we, 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, once, yeah. yeah exactly. And, and people were doing that. Right. Right. And so the, the, I think we were like about 12 days from having a four-day work week across the board. And that was our goal. And they forgot about having a four-day work week because what that does, that balances the labor out. It balances it out. So you get some overtime, but not as much as you did, you know, otherwise. Okay? So they had to hire, you know, people in order to fill those spots. And we had more people working, you know, and the idea of more people working, you know, what's the Constitution say? Lower hours and higher wages, right? That's what we're right. required. To, that's one of the goals in, in, in the objects in Article 2. I think it's absolutely. Four, but I'm not, yeah. So, uh, but uh, uh, so that was part of part of our union at one time, sister. Yeah, and it's interesting that you point that out now as one of the fixes for you know the problems that we have because when we fixed the same problem back in the late seventies, that was one of the fixes that we had. Plan A, Plan B, which is still on the books, and paid personal holidays that are called PPH days. That versus paid absence, you know, you call them VRDs, whatever. So, but uh, you know, this this was this we, we were headed in the right direction, and of course, you know, we got side sidetracked, and a lot of people. Well, I really critical of the 1982 agreement, and I'm one of them. And and there's a lot of people that are labor study people, and one of them, the son of a, a former vice president of General Motors Corporation, said. You know, the first time GM waved its wand and said, oh, well, we need this. You didn't, you didn't, there was no pushback. You just let, rolled over and gave it to them. Okay. But everybody said, you know, the corporation loves Cal Raps. And, yeah. I wonder why. Well, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Okay, go well, ahead, Tom. Go ahead and finish up, sister. Sister, you got something real quick, and then we'll get Tom in. Oh, I thought Tom had a question. I was going to answer his question. Okay, yes, yeah, go I ahead, Tom. Go with your question. All right. Uh, so I'm assuming you're under Plan A of the National Agreement, where you work two Saturdays and then you have to work. Uh, uh, you're off the, the third one, provided you worked every day there during that work period there. And then on on the days that you're off on the Saturday, they're forcing you on a Sunday. Is that what you're saying they're doing to you? No, we are mandatory six days a week. This is some kind of weird schedule. And starting today, um, first shift had to work this uh, Sunday. Second shift will work next Sunday. Third shift will work the following Sunday. And then after that, it starts with first shift again. So we're we're rotating Sundays across the three shifts, but we are working mandatory every single Saturday. Every single Saturday, mandatory. Yep, every single Saturday. You're actually working seven days a week on occasion. Yes, they're calling it the uh, under the emergency status. And how long is it? Again, emergency status is Yeah, go ahead, Tom. Yeah. No, no, you're fine. I know how where long? you're going with this. Uh, have you questioned this with your uh, committee person? 
Um, that one I plead the fifth on, and we'll talk about that at a later date. Don't disclose the location. Have you been issued a local agreement? I do have a local agreement, and I have um, I have been uh, studying it myself. Let's say that. Right. Let me ask you this. I want you to look for this language in your local agreement, because if it's not there and you've got maybe a local agreement coming up or maybe you know somebody, when you, your local demands go in if it's not there, what do you have in your language if you take a vacation day on Friday or Monday? Are they forcing you the Saturday and Sunday? Okay, here at this facility, if you have your Friday off on the long form that they just gave out to us that goes from April of this year till March of 2021, um, if you have a Friday off on your long form, you do not have to work the Saturday or Sunday. But if you do a short form, like those of us that came in after the long forms were turned in and we only had a choice to fill out short forms here, um, like I took, I wanted to take a Friday off and go home for the weekend and couldn't do that. I could get the Friday off, but they told me I would have to take Saturday and if if they had scheduled Sunday, but they didn't have scheduled Sunday, but they they told me I would have to take another eight hour day and uh, and be charged for the Saturday. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you about it later. There's some things you can do with that, and we'll talk to, talk offline. But uh, and I don't know when your local stream is coming up or what. But uh, yeah, there's things you could do about that. And, and I would appreciate any of the help that, that I can show. help. Right. If I can help right. my brothers we'll and sisters that. on the floor, that would be great. Okay. Right, exactly. And, and Tom, after that gets resolved, we'll bring that back in generic form for the show. How's that? Gotcha. Sounds good. I'll, I'll uh, okay. be happy yeah, to we'll share be, with you so, our notes. So everybody gets an help. Yeah, opportunity. So, uh, does anybody have any other questions for our sister here, Jeff, Tom? You got any other questions? No, that's that's no, all I, I don't. need to know. Okay. Okay. Fine. Well, th- thanks for your input, uh, sister, and we really appreciate it. Uh, I'm reluctant to say your name, and that's probably a good thing <laughs> because we've had people having a problem uh, once they get identified that are not a retiree. So it's nice to have an active person that's a, a sister on the show. I know a lot of people don't think that we are so amenable, but we do, uh, and, and uh, we, we communicate with his sister quite a bit, uh, and that's why Tom's saying he can uh, help off the air. Uh, and then we can bring that back in generic form on, on possibly how to fix it for other some of the other locals that may be having the same problems. So, uh, so having said that. Oh, I'm sure well, there are people uh, having yeah. the same problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, well, I said I'm sure that they're having the same problem in other facilities that are running six days a week, and especially when it comes to, um, like, sick leave. I, I think that it's 
causing a large number of sick leave and FMLA. But that's a whole other sure. subject we could get into another day. <laughs> right. That, that, yeah, exactly. And, you know, when you don't treat people right, they're going to get some time off as they, as they can be creative. You know, and we got some real creative Absolutely. people in our, in our union. Yeah, we do. So that's, well, I just want to thank you guys. They could, it, oh, sure. Yeah. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. We really appreciate it. So oh, I appreciate you guys that, being uh, candor and helping us out. Like, and, uh, you know, we're out here fighting the good fight just like you guys are. I think, yeah, we know you're fighting the good fight. There's a lot of a lot of people like yourself. And I we know that you're educating people regularly in your own local union, the young people, because they are indeed the future of our union. So and that's part of the reason Amen. we're still doing this show. Okay? Part of the reason we're doing this. So, uh, okay, well, thank you for being on. Uh, I'm going to close the show out now because it's near... Near, right. nearly the end of our time for a lot of it. So uh, thank you for being on. Thanks, uh, Jeff and Tom. Uh, uh, Tom, do you have anything else to say beyond that, uh, anything at all? No, uh, there's something I, I'll ask you offline, but uh, I think you already answered that question for me earlier in the day when you were in Liberty before you mounted that Learjet and headed back up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do have fun. <laughs> we do have fun. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Jeff, do you have anything? No, I'm just anything keep at all. fighting the good fight. Yeah, yeah we are. We keep all. moving. You're doing it every day, too. Yeah. We appreciate everything you do, and Tom, everything you do every day for the membership. And our sister there, appreciate you. Do you, sister, do you have anything else that you'd like to uh, uh, say or add beyond the overtime thing that you'd like to say to listeners before we close the show? Oh, um, just, you know me. I could go on for hours with you, um, and we've done that before. Right. Um, right. But I, I... I'm just so grateful that you guys do this and that you're, you're wanting to help the members on the floor. Like that to me, I can tell you is, um, is another reason why I keep pushing for our union to go back to the grassroots way of the way that Walter Ruther set this up. Um, it's the way that I believe, and I know you guys believe because you say it every show, that it's an honor and a privilege to serve our membership. And I'm trying to get these young people, young seniority people, involved and educated so that we do have a future. Um, but I want to educate them in the right way um, so that we don't see corruption anymore. If I can get them to just help one individual next to them and then have that, you know, prick their heart and make them feel good about themselves because they help their brother or sister next to them, I think that we could see a wave of change in a positive way. Right. The enemy is management. Okay. Absolutely. We refocus that energy. Right. Well, thank you for your input. And thank you for those very kind words. I know I speak for all of us uh, because you've been working uh, on some projects 
And, you know, we've given you a little guidance here and there, but we're all very proud of the work that you've been doing where you're at and uh, look for a lot of great things to come from you even as you grow in your own, your own unionism. So thank you very much. Um, oh, thank you. Having said that, you're welcome. Having said that, let's close this out. Uh, thanks to uh, uh, all of our listeners, our global listeners, those in Canada and Mexico as well, uh, those in the United States, both union and non-union listeners, of course, all of our UAW listeners, we really appreciate you and thank you for your support. We're trying to do the, the you know, do the best work for you that we can each and every show here, and a lot offline as well. Um, we hope that you found value in this show, and if you do, just tell one more person. Have fun, stay safe in the coming week. God bless each and every one of you. Good night, listeners. Good night, Tom. Good night, Jeff, and good night, sister. Good night. Good night.